Hi, welcome to Lead with Love podcast. I'm your host, Christy, and I am super thrilled to be sharing conscious content that I know will be a game changer for you in your life. Every aspect of our journey requires growth for change so that we can evolve into our best selves. And in each one of these episodes, we're going to lead with the intention to water our souls, feed our minds, and inspire ourselves to love more and deeper. It's so important that we begin to love where we've been, love where we are, and love where we are growing. I want to start off with just asking all of us to really pull back our energy. Okay, so wherever your energy has been today, wherever it's been this week, this month, this year, maybe this decade, I want you to just pull it back into your body right now. And I want you to just sit in with yourself for a moment and just feel the energy, feel that power within you that energy that you've been dispersing out in all areas of your life. In some areas, you've been really afraid, right? Or worried, in fear, um, in obsession, in aggression, whatever it might be in judgment, in shame, in blame. I want you to pull that back right now and let's not feed anything else, nothing else but you right now. We're going to dig in. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Um, But most importantly, I want to set you on the path to really take charge of your life, bring back your power, and really begin to live your best life. How does that sound? So I think so many times we often think that we're not enough. How many of you feel like at times you don't feel like you're enough? Like you'll, you'll never get enough done. You'll never be enough. You'll never be the best mother, the best partner, the best leader, the best daughter, the best everything. Like how many of us just feel like we just aren't enough. I looked at my partner the other day and I was like, wow, I really just realized aspects of my personality are so reflecting on me not meeting the expectations I've had for myself or I've set for myself. And therefore the gap between that is called I'm not enough, right? And for a lot of us, we're just comparing ourselves to where we used to be, okay? Highlight reel of where we used to be, or we're comparing ourselves to where we think we should be. And neither of those serve us in the present moment, and neither of those actually get us anywhere close to where we really want to be or where we want to go, right? So for those of you that don't know a little bit about my story, I'm just going to briefly share with you. So I, 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 I never really realized that I was lacking uh, self-love um, in some degree until maybe a few years ago. And um, I had reached a point in my life where I had achieved incredible successes in many different industries. And um, I just kept chasing achievement, chasing noise, I guess, to distract me from the truth of what really needed to be healed and what needed to be healed inside of me was love and connection with myself. Uh, From a really young age, 
you know, I had had some abandonment issues from when I was really little and uh, especially with the masculine. So every time the masculine would come in and be supportive or be there, they would, they would be abusive in some way, or they would, they would also leave. So of course, when you're going through that at a young, at a young age, you don't recognize the imprint that that makes in your heart. So it really closed me off and it made me become super protective of my heart. It made me become super protective of taking control of my life. How many of you have some control issues? with always wanting to make sure that you have some type of control over what's happening every day in your life. You want to predict or plan, you know, um, I'm also in the flow too. I do do both, but control, uh, because I didn't want to get hurt. Right. And it wasn't necessarily about controlling anybody else. It was about controlling myself and, controlling outcomes that I could be responsible for. So that meant, well, if I became the best at something and if I made enough money, then if my partner and I didn't want work out or whatever, I was fine. I could take care of the kids. If I became the very best in business, then I would have another, I would have leverage and I could build a business anywhere because people would think I was smart enough and good enough because I've already succeeded at that. You know, um, I would protect myself by having multiple, you know, businesses back to back to back. I, 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 I would also to fit in and get love and connection. I would also, I would be like people. I would, I would, I would dress like them and just to feel connected. You know, I would, I would try to fit into the crowd um, to feel love and connection from them. I also, at one point when I was a teenager, I also um, was bulimic for a little bit. I would throw up because my girlfriend um, did that as well. And she was super skinny and I, I didn't feel like I was, and I wanted to be one of the skinny girls. And so I would throw up and my mom caught me and just about killed me at that point, um, scared me enough. Uh, she did a good job of that a few times, which was, you know, which was interesting, but um, some of the things that people share or that I share may not connect with you, but other things that are shared may connect with you. All right. And it's really important to know that everything is accepted here. Um, and, and nobody, nobody is excluded from being able to just be themselves and be vulnerable in, in, in the truth of what the, what their struggles are. So I found myself at this, at this turning point and I, I felt like I had, like, I felt like a lack of love. Like I was loving, I could love the homeless. I would work in with the homeless. I'd work in shelters. I'd go to do mission work in other countries. I would give everything I could to everybody else, but never to myself. And I'm not talking about getting my nails done or going shopping. That's not self-love. That's self-care. I'm talking about deep self-love. Um, and we're going to talk about what is self-care and what self-love so you guys can have an understanding of it and be able to, um, to, to, to understand the differences of that. But it wasn't until, you know, I had an experience where I fell incredibly in love with somebody. Okay. So what happened was my heart opened up for the first time in 43 years, it opened, it had been closed, locked even though I could give love, I didn't let love in. How many of you can relate to not letting love in? Okay. So I could give love. I was the best lover giver, but receiving love. Hmm. Oh no. Because if I received love, then that would mean I was super vulnerable 
And then there's risk with that. The risk is pain. The risk is that there's, you know, someone leaves, they exit, they're a bit, you know, there's abandonment, right? All goes back to the pain body, the little girl that had those wounds. All right. So we have to recognize where it's coming from. We don't blame it. We don't shame it. We just recognize the root of the problem. All right. The root of the problem. So some of you are so good at giving it, you don't know how to receive it. And some of you are really good at receiving it. You don't know how to give it. (laughs) I don't know where you're at in the spectrum, but we have to get balanced with this. All right. So that's why I'm here. I have been on a journey and I am still on this journey of self-love. Every day I, I am choosing to show up and do the work. You have to be willing to show up and do the work. Nothing's going to change until you decide to change, right? And it's important to have a support system that wants to stand by your side and be with you and encourage you and, and, and also challenge you into a better version of yourself. It's hard to do it alone, isn't it? We're going to learn how to love ourselves at the deepest level because when we do that, we can actually show up at a deeper level for our partners, right? And if you don't have a partner yet, yet, did you hear me say yet? And that's only if you desire one then how beautiful it's going to be that you will attract that which deserves your to be in that light with you because you love yourself at the level that they love themselves. We really want to be careful when it comes to, I used to say, I used to share with my sisters um, when they were single, um, they would talk to me about dating and guys. And I'd say, listen, be super careful right now with dating because right now you're going to attract that which you are. All right. So if you're not feeling your best, if you're not feeling super on fire for yourself right now and feeling confident and in control and in love with yourself, you're going to attract someone who's the same way. All right. And then you just feed each other if you're not in a growth mindset. So you really want to make sure you're taking care of yourself and doing this work so that you can attract that which you are, which is love. You are infinite love. So today, let's go ahead and dive in and do our our lesson today. I shared with you what self-love is not, okay? Self-love is not, I love my nose, my, I love my thighs, um, I love my eyes, I love my personality. That's not self-love, all right? That's not. Self-love is recognizing the light within us. That's what self-love is. It's strengthening, strengthening the connection to ourself. It's the golden rule that states, love yourself as you love your neighbor. How many of you love your neighbors better than you oftentimes love yourself? You know, how many times have you treated your friends or strangers better than you you treat maybe yourself or your partner? That's a great sign right there that you're out of balance. You're out of balance. We need to be consistent and congruent with the love that's going in and the love that's coming, the love that's going out and the love that's coming in. It's important for us to recognize that people are mirrors for us. They mirror the things that we can shift and transform. People will always reflect to us what we need to learn, what we need to shift, how we can navigate through the triggers. All right. How many of you believe in that? How many of you are, you know, there's been times when I'm like, I'm, I'll be listening to somebody and maybe I'm judging that they're judging. It takes me being self-aware because I'm experiencing a negative 
vibration or a negative feeling. It be, it takes me becoming aware of this emotion that says, hmm, what part of me has been judging people lately? Or what part of me has been judging myself? Hmm. Or you are judging that somebody is being lazy. And you're like, oh, why am I judging that they're being what what area of my life am I not stepping up? What area of my life am I not truly doing what needs to be done? Mm. Isn't that so incredible? What was it, Snow White? Um, mirror, mirror on the wall, <laughs> right? But you have to understand that there's no shame in failure. And there is it's no failure when you're learning and when you're growing and you're transforming. I can tell you, from my past marriage and my past relationships, I learned what I didn't want. I learned what worked. I had gratitude. I have gratitude. I have, I have love for that life that I had. And the thing is, it's that when things aren't working and you really, if you don't have a partner or a bit, let's say business partner, relationship partner, or you, you don't have, you know, some things in your life that's not quite congruent. If two people aren't working together to heal it, to work, and they want it, it's like showing up, right? It's like you've got two people showing up. We, we don't quite get it right, but we want to get it right. How are we going to do this? You're trying to figure it out. You're in the ring of life. You are in the ring of life. That, to me, is everything. But it's hard to be in the ring of life when somebody else is standing outside the ring and says, hmm, I, I really don't want to. I don't want to get in the ring. It's too hard. It's too challenging. I don't want to do the work. Okay? That, that's when we have challenges, right? Because we can't make someone do what they don't want to do. That is where we have to let go of control and not be the fixer. How many of you have been the fixer? Let's just call it throw it all on the table. How many of you have the fixer mentality? Oh my gosh. My boys, when they were little, they watched Bob the Builder and oh, so many times I'll be like, oh no, I see the Bob the Builder coming through. Okay. That's my little superhero that comes through and I'm like, I'm here to fix it. I'm here to fix it. Oh my goodness. One of my negative patterns that I have faced has been that when I see that someone is doing something that could be self-destructive in the long term, I will try to save them. I remember when my mom was young, when I was younger, my mom used to smoke so many cigarettes. Like I would go to school embarrassed because at that time they would roll the window, you know, the windows are rolled up and I go to most uh, school stuff smelling like smoke. And I was so envious of all my girlfriends who, you know, her, their parents didn't smoke and, you know, they were doctors and, uh, you know, so smart and they lived in beautiful homes. And it was like, I, I and this was, I'm just reflecting on a little girl. This is what I used to feel. Okay. Um, obviously as an adult now, I can see things differently, but that was my feelings. And so I, I, my mom, I would, I would find her cigarettes and I would throw them away. I would throw them away any chance I got. And she would be like, Christy. And she would yell at me. And actually she called me Christina because only when she was mad at me, would she call me Christina. And I would come in and she'd be like, where are my cigarettes? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then I'd finally, cause I can't tell a fib. I'd finally say, 
you're killing yourself. That's very selfish. How can you do that? And, and, uh, you know, and I, I'd be so emotional and I'm like, and, and because I was so attached to my mom. Okay. Cause she was all I had, you know, of course the masculine in my life wasn't there. All I had was my mom. And if she died, what am I going to do? I have, to, I have these sisters. We need you to step up. We need you to not smoke, you know? And, um, you know, it didn't matter how many times I hit her cigarettes or tried to fix it. She was still going to smoke. She was still going to do the damage to herself until one day years ago, more than a decade ago, she had a life-threatening situation. And the doctor said, if you keep smoking, you're going to die. Period. And she quit like that. And she hasn't ever gone back to smoking. And so that little child fixer behavior carried through for me in relationships, whether it was business or personal relationships. I would, you know, I've, I've, I, I would see something that seems self-destructive and I'm like, come to the rescue, Bob, the builder can fix it, you know, and here I am. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> and they're like, wait a second. I'm feeling a little bit of control here. I'm like, you know, um, you're not accepting me for who I am. I don't like that. And then there's resistance. And then there's my feelings are hurt. Their feelings hurt. Everything. Everybody's up, you know, da, da, da. it's crazy, right? They're thinking they're not good enough. And I'm thinking, I just want to save you. So for those of you, thank you saying I'm a fixer, fixer, caregiver. Yes. <laughs> there's so many fixers here. And I think that's a big thing when it comes to, even if you're a mother, we have a tendency to do that, right? And so it's recognizing that people need to go through their life and their life experiences, and we need to honor and accept their path. And the most beautiful thing that we can do is accepting people as they are and modeling through our own example of life, you know, just, you know, and just being in our own truth and not judging them for their truth, right? Because a lot of times we want people to be just like us, don't we? If they're not like us, then mm, they're not on my side of the fence. And that's why we have so much division. That's why we have war. Right now we have freaking spiritual warfare everywhere. You don't think like me. You don't believe like me. So we're going to separate. We're going we're gonna to blame, shame, judge. We're going to just draw the line in, in, in concrete. And this is why we haven't, as societies, healed this part of ourselves, the brokenness part of ourselves, is accepting ourselves and accepting others for who they are and accepting ourselves for who we are and where we're all growing, all right? And so self-care means for you, in order to feel good, it's important that you don't pour from an empty cup. So there's things that we do for ourselves, right? So some self-care things might be, you want to take a break or you want to sleep in, you, you want to get your nails done. You want to go get a new outfit. You want to have a glass of wine at night, whatever that is for you. You know, you, you just have to recognize that part of your need for those self-care moments are you wanting instant gratification to feel something. Okay. And so we, we, we act in these ways or we take these actions because we want to feel good right away. We want to get rid of the pain and we want to feel good. But what you'll understand, what you come to understand is that there's never a, it's never ending right? Like we're always desiring something. We're always desiring a fix. I want to get this fix. I want to feel this. I want to feel this. We're, we're chasing the adrenaline. We're chasing the rush. And that's what I did for so long in achievement. You know what? 
all my emotions I stuffed down that were hard. I just, cl- I closed my door on them. It's like, you know what? What's interesting. <laughs> I was telling my partner the other day, what's interesting is that I used to like have not a lot of empathy for, for people that had choice to actually do something with their life. Like, even though I had a lot of trauma in my life, I was like, suck it up, buttercup. I was like, you know what? It's not so bad. If I can get over what I went through as a kid, so can you. I literally didn't have a lot of compassion there. And I remember feeling like a bad person because I didn't have a lot of compassion for people that just didn't suck it up until I went through like this massive, like dark night of the soul where I recognized how hard it was to get out of your head and back into your heart, how hard it was in order to really learn to love myself and to heal those little girl issues that I had. And, you know, that I still continue every day to work on. So it's not completely healed yet. And, 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 um, and that's okay. I mean, we all are working every day in the areas that we need to grow in, but, you know, it's so interesting to me that how we are so quick to be, you know, um, to just want to push away the pain because we have been conditioned to think, oh, not feeling good is bad. Right. And, and what my, uh, my beautiful shaman has, one of them has always taught me is that when the emotions come up, how many of you are criers? You just, you feel better when you're released and you cry. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yes. So I never used to cry ever unless it was a commercial. And what was interesting, my boys never really saw me cry, but when we would watch a movie or watch a commercial and it was touching, they would all look at me. It was so funny. All of them would look at me and they just were waiting to see what mom would do. And I would start crying. They're like, mom, look at you. And it was like, I think for the men too, they they craved also to be vulnerable, you know, and they had this protection. They wanted to protect me from crying. That crying is not good, but it was good. It was a release, right? It's such a release. And, and so my shaman, we did this yoga session not long ago. We were in my living room and I was going through some self-love healing and I literally cried through the whole hour. I literally was snotting all over the place. It was not a pretty sight. <laughs> and at the end, I apologize. This is what we do. And this is interesting. I apologize for crying the whole time. I apologize. How many of you are apologizers? Oh, I'm so sorry. For what? You didn't do anything. Yeah. He's like, Christy, this is so good. Do you understand those tears? Those tears are releasing. These tears are releasing the emotions and the pain that is stuck in the body. This isn't negative. This is so good for you. It was so comforting to see him accept me. I wasn't being a victim. There's a difference between being a victim and wanting attention versus releasing, releasing the pain, releasing the trauma. Like my partner stands by my side and when I cry, he embraces me and says, okay, what do you wanna get out? What do you wanna talk about? How, how, how divine is that? What a divine masculine is that, right? It takes a lot sometimes because, you know, sometimes women, we need to get it out. We need to talk about it, don't we? Don't we need to talk about it? We need to flush it out, get it out. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but sometimes it just feels better just to release it and to have someone listening to you thoughtfully and consciously. That's why women, we like to gather. We're gathering here. We're talking. We're healing. We're t- we heal by talking and expressing ourselves, don't we? Some of you don't like to express yourself outwardly, but you do it inwardly. You write. 
You do it through music, you do it through sound, you do it through dance. That's beautiful too. We all have different ways that we express ourselves. Self-love though is the is the area of our life that gives us long-term positive results when we're doing things for ourselves that are more of not being a human being or human doing, but recognizing that we are human becomings. Self-love is understanding that we are human, a human becoming. We also need to realize that light is not revealed when we do what's easy and what's comfortable. Light is revealed in when we stretch ourselves. When we push through the barriers, when we push through the fear, when we push through, that is when the light is revealed. How many of us can honestly say that when we go through a really difficult, challenging time, there's always a beautiful rainbow on the other side? Always. Think of the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life or some of the hard things. And there was always a reason it was really beautiful, but it didn't come. You didn't see that till later. How many of you have had that experience? Are you better now because of what happened? Yes. So you know what I remind myself of now is I tell myself when I'm going through something really difficult and challenging, number one, I have to recognize there's healing taking place. This is good. Don't push it away. Don't shove it away. Number two, I have to recognize that there's something beautiful that is coming from this. I'm owning it. I can't wait to see how beautiful it's going to be on the other side. I believe that. I trust in the universe. I trust 100% because the universe never lets me down. Spirit, God, whatever you want to call your light source, your divine connection to light source, it never lets me down. Never, never. I think it's letting me down when I go through the hard, when I go through the challenges, when I don't feel love, when I feel mad and angry or frustrated or fear or shame or blame or not enough love. I'm so mad sometimes at myself because I'm like, you know better, you know better. You teach this stuff, but yet you're still falling back into some patterns. I'm human as are you. And it's okay. It's okay that we fall back. It's not okay to stay there for too long. That becomes a victim. That's not self-love. One thing I heard the other day that was so incredible was our flaws are our friends. How many of you have ever thought of your flaw being your friend? Anybody? I never looked at my flaw being my friend. But when I heard that, I just celebrated that because I thought, you know what? Yes, yes, my flaws are my friends because it's showing me something that I need to heal, that I need to work on. We have this epidemic of us feeling bad about where we are and we feel like something's wrong with us. How many of you feel like you just aren't where you should be or you could be? It's it's really the number one culprit for all of us judging ourselves is we're not enough. We talked about that at the beginning, not enough. You know, it is literally the number one culprit. Number one, judging. So one thing I want to talk to you about is comparing because women do this, don't we? We compare ourselves to where we should be or to others. I'm going to encourage all of you to do a social scrolling detox. I want you to, if you go onto social, I want you to do it with purpose. If it's for in purpose to post something that's going to inspire the world or that it's going to lead you um, to a better self. 
But scrolling detox is going to be important. You know why? Because how many of you feel really great after you scroll through your Facebook and your Instagram? It doesn't better us. We feel worse. We have to pay attention to what feeds us and and what depletes us because what depletes us is comparing ourselves. But here's something that I want you to recognize. We're also going to take a different approach to what it means when we see something that we want, because we have this epidemic of comparing ourselves to everybody and we're not good enough. Our body's not good enough. You know, we're not smart enough. We're not successful enough. We don't have enough, 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 enough. And it's so overwhelming. And I have felt that, you know, at 45, I was starting to feel that, you know, and, and it was, it was embarrassing to myself at times that I would start to feel this way. And I'm like, what is going on? Like some of the women that I admired, you know, the Maya Angelou's of the world, the Oprah's of the world, they, their beauty, their beauty was because of who they showed up in the world to be and their confidence and their light and their love and their contribution. I've never been inspired by a Kardashian or by, you know, these Instagram women who are showing their asses to the world. Let's just be honest. That's not inspiring to me. I don't want to do that. Nobody wants to like, expose themselves like a graceful, classy, elegant woman. If that's what you want to be, that's the category I want to go into. I don't want to expose myself so that every Tom, Dick and Harry gets turned on by my moves and my, the way I present myself. I want to show up and do something powerful in the world. No one's going to say, oh, Christy had a great ass while she was here on this earth. If somebody says that at my funeral, I will come and haunt them. (laughs) that is not what I'm here for. I tell my children all the time, like when it's my time to go, there better be a freaking celebration and it better be about all the lives I transformed while I was here. They're not going to be putting my Instagram stories up about me posing so sexy and showing my boobies. Let's just be real, right? But what if we use when we see something that someone has that we admire, maybe they're on a trip, Maybe they're wearing a certain outfit. Maybe they have a certain relationship that, you know, that, that inspires us instead of saying, oh, I don't have that. Why did, why isn't that your benchmark as to what you desire? Write it down. What quality do they embody? Make it your benchmark. Whether I have different people in my life in different categories that hold benchmarks for what I desire, relationships, wealth, health. Uh, personal growth, uh, spirituality, giving back. I have people that are in that world for me that really embody what I want to embody, what I want to grow into. And that's what I look for. All right. They're my benchmark. So I'm going to ask all of you that you just change the way you compare it. So let's not compare. Let's use because comparing is like, I'm not good enough, da, da, da. Like, I don't, I don't look like that. I'll never look like that. Or I'll never have that, blah, whatever we say and do. But rather just be like, if you see something that really is inspiring to you, like really inspiring, you say, that's my benchmark. Woo-hoo! I'm going to write that down. Benchmark. I'm writing it down. At least I know what gets me excited. All right. We have to recognize that there's going to be this opponent always in our life every day. That opponent is our ego. And the ego is, is really that dark force inside. And what it's meant to do, we, we, need, we know we always talk negatively about the ego, but the important thing we need to do 
is recognize that there's beauty in the ego because what it does is it awakens us to the lack that is inside of us. It's not bad. It just needs to motivate us. So instead of being like, oh my God, I'm so in my ego right now. For example, if I'm in a discussion with my partner and I'm feeling fiery and I'm defending my position, right? It's like, whoo, this is showing me something right now that needs to be healed with inside. All right. Why do I feel like the need to be right? Why do I feel like I need to be right? I don't need to be right. There's no happiness in being right. All right. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are the things that dims our light? Let's get those out. What dims our light? All right. Um, stop the scrolling. That doesn't, that doesn't build your light. Stop looking in the mirror and saying ugly things to yourself. That, that, that dims your light. Um, you have to imagine it's like a lampshade and you put layer after layer of, of towels over it. Every time you shame yourself or you're comparing yourself or you're negative or you're inside doing these things to yourself, there, the light can't come through. And it's not until you take that off and you take that off and you lovingly accept yourself that the light's going to come through. All right. Blaming and shaming yourself diminishes our spark. And each and every freaking single one of us has a spark that we're meant to share with everybody in our own unique and most beautiful way. It's not your business how you're received by others. It's just not. It's not your business. You just have to show up full force in you. And guess what? That's the sexiest, most beautiful thing you can ever do in all of your glory, in all of your confidence. And it's going to take some time. Thank you all so much. Love you and talk to you again soon.